What up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Millennial Introvert Lifestyle with me, your host, the resident millennial introvert herself. It's Yolanda. Okay, this is the show where I give you all the best business and lifestyle advice on how to start your brand, how to become an entrepreneur, but also mix in a little bit of that gossip, a little bit of the culture, and you know how we get it popping. So, how have you been, everyone? Okay, I just thought. At the start of every show, you know, I have to check in with you, make sure that you're doing good, make sure that you're doing well, see how the last two weeks have been treating you. And if you have been in the slightest way watching the news or in any way aware of what's happening in the world, then you will know that the world is effed right now. <laughs> really and truly especially if you happen to be a black person at this unfortunate point in time so although the show is normally business and lifestyle based I, mean, I tend to keep it light i tend to be very instructive and try and give you content that entertains educates adds value there was no way that we could get to this week without me taking the time to give you my thoughts on everything that's happening especially with george floyd and others moving forward so this episode of the show is going to be a little bit different this week but it can't go without being said and it would feel weird to me as a black woman if i just came on here and started giving you tips on how to build your instagram brand or whatever else when something so pressing and galvanizing is happening in the world at this point in time it wouldn't seem right to me it would seem like a bit of a cop-out it would seem like a bit of a lie that I wasn't really that I wasn't really speaking my truth and owning my truth as a black woman. So with that being said, it was only right that I took this episode at least to address everything that's going on, at least from my perspective, to give my perspective on things, my opinions on things, and then also just continue the conversation because the conversation has reached a nice momentum where people are speaking loud and proud and we're not talking about race on the cloak and dagger anymore like we used to be it's at the forefront of the conversation people are have the time to listen now especially in the when you put it in tandem with the pandemic and you know people being stuck at home there's literally nothing to distract you from this moment in time so i think it's a good moment in time that this come these conversations can start happening well they have been happening but these conversations can be highlighted and these topics can be highlighted to force people to think about their own ideologies and their own opinions and reassess how they move in the world and consider the fact of whether or not they are racist or anti-racism or whether they perpetuate racist ideologies or whether they are actually on the side the progressive side making those changes speaking out making taking those actions so in this episode i'm just going to talk to you i mean this topic in itself is so large so wide so varying that you in the half an hour that this show is there's no way i'll be able to really delve into everything that this topic encompasses but i'm going to do my best to talk to you about as much as possible that i have experienced my experiences my ideas on things and then we can go from there so jumping right into it let's start with the topic of code switching okay in in race and especially for black people and people of color but obviously my experience is going to be as a black woman so i won't be able to speak on how other people people of color you know go through these things but i can pretty confidently say that it's going to be in some similar capacity but all of the ideas and opinions i'm voicing is from my own experiences as a as a black caribbean woman living in england so 
first things first we jump into talking about code switching okay which is one of the most exhausting things about being a black person having to live in a white world so if you don't know for the uninitiated code switching is when uh black people or a person of color will basically have to wear a personality mask in a professional capacity and in some social situations as well where they adopt the the they assimilate to the ways of the majority culture so usually that will be the white culture the white dominant culture so especially in office environment workplace environments you'll see that black people and people of color will tend to try to assimilate by acting a certain way using certain frames of references that will frame them as being more white even though they are not in their day-to-day working lives you know they'll reference songs and artists that are part of white culture they'll talk about white tv white movies white food all that kind of stuff to and will keep their own frames of references you know black meme culture is very rich <laughs> and diverse and if you know it then you'll understand the difference between that and white meme culture and things like that and i'm speaking about meme and stuff because that's my frame of reference as a millennial in the workplace that's what my conversations revolve around so that's why i'm including that um part of my experience so those frame of references and things you might you might be telling a story you might tell a joke that you want to use certain words or phrases or frames of reference but you can't because you're talking to a white dominant group of people and they won't get it so to mitigate the chance of you sounding more other and different and foreign then you'll either pull from references that they already know to make them feel comfortable or you won't say it at all and that sort of strips away from the flavor of your own personality and who you are and what you have to bring and it sort of gives you a different personality to who you truly are on a day-to-day which is quite a sad thing really and then when you get home and you're outside of those environments and you're quote-unquote with your people with your family with your friends then you can take that mask off and you can dip back into those culture cultural references and frames of reference that white people won't get and that is more within your wheelhouse of expression and of expressing yourself and that is more authentically you and as people of color we shouldn't have to do that we shouldn't have to completely change our frames of references to make white people more comfortable but we do that we have to do that just to fit in and give the appearance of assimilation so that we can get by and so that we can get the same sets of opportunities that our white counterparts get because if we set ourselves as looking too other then that is jeopardizing our own career progression the way that we're seen we might end up playing into stereotypes of oh the angry black woman if you are too opinionated you know black women in the workplace tend to have to be really in control of what they're saying how they express themselves you know lowering their voice all the time when we're a very expressionate people and we do speak loudly and we do have bass in our voice like (laughs) plain and simple but that, that should that shouldn't be a negative stereotype that should just be accepted as how we are but it's not it's seen in the opposite way so it's exhausting to when you think about it if you work a regular nine to five or anything longer then you're spending anything between eight and twelve hours pretending to be somebody that you're not to make other people comfortable who don't even recognize that you're doing that thing and that in itself is stressful draining it makes you feel inauthentic and it's a shared experience a lot of black people can cop to and they can talk to you about that i mean even me and myself very up it's only up until very recently that i have been trying really 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 hard to drop my british accent which i picked up 
when I first moved to England when I was 11. So I was born in Guyana in the Caribbean. I'm a West Indian woman, so I've got a Caribbean accent naturally when I talk to my family and my friends from back home. But since I've been living in England when I moved when I was 11, and especially as an 11 year old, you just want to fit in and you want to feel part of the crowd or whatever. So I dropped my uh, Caribbean accent and I picked up a British one. And it's taken me about four or five years of actual conscious effort to drop my British accent and just let the white people who I was putting on the British accent for, they gotta readjust and get comfortable with that because I don't have a natural British accent and it was just putting it on to for the purposes of assimilation, like I've said many, many times already. And that is also a form of code switching and that was getting exhausting for me to pretend like I was this born and bred British woman for the sake of making other people feel comfortable when no one that comes to visit Guyana would be trying to put on a Caribbean accent in order to make me feel comfortable and for them to assimilate so I was like well why why am I doing it the opposite way around that seems ludicrous to me so that's why I dropped it and that's why lots of people especially in my work they've come to terms with the fact that now I have this weird mixed in-betweeny Caribbean Caribbean British accent if you want to call it that that I'm trying to find my feet in at the minute and you know reconnect to my roots of who I am because I don't identify as a British woman I identify as a Caribbean West Indian woman who lives in Britain and knows the culture so all part of that in the code switching of things is one of the things that's hard for black people in professional settings as well and another thing to talk about when we're talking about what's happening in these conversations about race at the minute is that black people aren't striving for revenge, okay? I think that's one of the things that the biggest oppressors to this movement at this point in time are struggling with, is that they think that for some reason our end goal is to flip flip the script and take it back to when, you know, we had pe- we, we were working in the field and they were the masters cracking the whip. Like, now suddenly we want to put them in the fields and be the ones cracking the whip that is not true <laughs> that's not the case at all that's not the point of black lives matter that's not why we're protesting we don't want to be above anyone okay we just want to be level we want equality equity and justice this isn't about revenge so that's if that's where your mind is at when you think about these conversations and these movements that are happening then you're getting it so wrong okay <laughs> you just you're not understanding what the purpose of this is Black Lives Matter is not saying that no other lives matter, first and foremost. I probably should have started with this. Black Lives Matter is there to say Black Lives Matter and we're not being treated that way, okay? All the other lives seem to matter when it comes to the way we police approach them and treat them, but Black Lives do not get the same treatment and benefit of the doubt, and that is what we want. We want parity in in the universe (laughs) basically that's that's what it is so when you hashtag back all lives matter what you're saying is you aren't giving any look back to the to what we're trying to say and acknowledging the fact that black lives aren't treated the same and given the same benefit of the doubt when it comes to police interactions okay so that's probably your first frame of reference that you need to if you're struggling to understand this movement and what's happening in this at the minute then i probably say start off with understanding why black lives matter and why it is counterproductive for you to be screaming all lives matter do some research there because i'm not okay caveat to all this i'm not going to be your teacher 
I'm going to do is throw you out some sound bites that you can get if you want the knowledge and you can go find the knowledge and educate yourself. But this is a one episode <laughs> uh, conversation on this topic and anything after that, you have to want it for yourself. So carrying on with this. So my earliest memory of moving to England, I've literally been here not even three days. Okay, let me tell you, we landed on the Saturday and came home dropped off our suitcases and then i had an interview at my school that i was going to be going to secondary school starting on the monday so when they had the interview got accepted whatever they you know corroborated that i was a real child (laughs) who actually needed to be in school whatever else needed to happen then got taken home we were also jet lagged slept all of the rest of saturday slept basically all the rest of sunday because guyana is five hours difference to england and then woke up on the Monday, went to school on my first day. And in my third day in England, as an 11-year-old child, I had my first act of racism where somebody spat on me. Okay, I was 11. Third day in the country. So, do not tell me <laughs> that racism doesn't exist. And do not try to undermine the stories of black people that try and tell you their life experiences by saying it's not that bad it's not as bad as america um it's different yada 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 no no no. do not undermine what i've been through and it had that wasn't just one and done by the way that one experience it continued from there and i live in the northwest of england so you can only imagine what is like up and down the rest of the country so racism is here in england do not just shy away from that fact and try and pretend like this is a big bad that's happening just in America and Britain is so much more civilized and progressive than America because that ain't it that's not the truth okay sorry to have to break it to you so yeah so I had my how you want to call it quote-unquote come to Jesus moment <laughs> uh, I have to say probably at the end of uh, 2018 I think where I realized that the because I ended up having two friendship groups. So I had the code switching group of my white friends at the time who I'd had since secondary school. I was the only black girl in my secondary school. And then I also had my black friend who I'd made at uni at that point in time. And that circle was growing and I was finding myself a bit more. And then I realized from comparing the two that I didn't want to have to have this dichotomy anymore. I just didn't like the vibe of my white circle because I couldn't really have any conversations that had to do with me being me so i ended up having to cut off and i hate that phrase <laughs> had to cut off all of my white friends in 2018 and at first i thought i did the wrong thing and then ended up you know semi reconnecting with one of them up until the black lives matter started and this person followed me on instagram i follow her on instagram and i was posting and advocating very loudly for black lives matter and basically saying that i needed to see who my white allies were uh that were following me and that could see my posts and things and to make themselves known and even after knowing this person for 11 years nothing was said no um they didn't reach out or nothing at all or anything that made any comment about the the movement so i had to cut them off again (laughs) um but in this new frame of mind that i'm in currently i'm holding no prisoners taking no hostages at all you know it will be known my thoughts and feelings on being black and being proud so if you can't fall into line with that then you're gonna just have to unfollow me you're just gonna have to let it let the friendship die there and then because i'm not gonna pretend like i'm not a black person who is going who is at risk of dying from police brutality to make your 
timeline and your feed flow nicer so it does not include my real life experiences that's just not the way i'm going to live my life anymore i'm not going to pretend like i have parity in the world to ease your white sensibilities and your white guilt so you are going to see it those conversations are going to happen and if you're uncomfortable then you're just gonna have to dip right okay just gonna have to dip and one of the reasons why i say i had to reconsider those friendships that i left behind in 2018 is because they included microaggressions i could never really speak back on so if you don't know let me read you out the dictionary definition of a microaggression so microaggressions have been defined as basically your daily or incessant verbal behavioral and environmental communications whether it's intentional or unintentional that give off hostile derogatory or negative messages to a target person because they belong to a stigmatized group and let me tell you black people have all the microaggressions directed at them on the daily okay first things first rest in peace uncle phil and secondly don't touch my hair right i can't stress that enough do not touch my hair i don't care if you're excited about the fact that i've changed my hair for the third time in three weeks it's gonna happen that's how i live my life as a black woman that's part of black culture that's what we do we just do the turnaround of the hair thing it's consistent and it's fun that's just part of our culture hair is a big part of our culture that can be your next song bite to make note of and research why you should not be touching black women's hair first of all it's the biggest invasion of space ever secondly when did you last wash your hands what were you last doing before you decided that you wanted to run your dirty fingers through my nice juicy fresh twist out okay i don't know what the last thing you were doing and i did not give you consent to be touching my hair and the thing is sometimes in the past i have been fine about people who asked to touch my hair and i have said yes probably because i didn't want to rock the boat but that was you know 2017 Yolanda, 2020 Yolanda would just say no and have no qualms about that just don't touch my hair no i don't want that contact but previously i probably would have said yes if you asked but the thing is most white women and it's usually white women who are intrigued by black women's hair they don't ask they just have that entitlement of let me just reach into your head and root around no okay and that is a microaggression because if you the reason microaggressions are irritating and annoying for black people and people of color is because on their own in a singular occurrence it's not a big deal okay one person sticking hand out and touching your hair as a one-off incident in a year won't bother you won't affect you won't concern you you might be able to be annoyed you might be annoyed for like maybe i don't know however long you want to be annoyed for half an hour and then you go about your business and that's fine but if something is consistently happening and that thing consistently irritates you eventually it's going to push you to the edge where every time it happens you just want to snap and that's not your fault but the other person they might have only done that to you whereas you've had it done to you a hundred times but that person's only have done it to you as one black person in their frame of reference so it feels disproportionate if you might snap and and quote-unquote overreact to that and that happens in a lot of different ways as microaggressions as well you know black people have to go through we call it the names are ghetto if it's just a culturally black name all of a sudden it's ghetto well no why is my name ghetto because it's black your name isn't anything because it's white your name is just white plain and simple and there are so many more microaggressions you know oh you speak so well for uh you're so articulate 
well, what do you expect me to be in this professional setting if not articulate? What, <laughs> how else was I supposed to sell? What, what did you envisage? All those are microaggressions that black people have to deal with day in and day out. And it's not right and it's not fair and it's stressful and it's infuriating. And we have to keep that mask on in order to continue to assimilate and not jeopardize our own progression, especially in the workplace. And that's just not okay. And in the workplace as well, we are subject to respectability politics, which is another uh, little phrase that you can do as homework and Googling. So respectability politics, which is we have to think twice about how we present ourselves professionally in order to be taken as seriously as our white counterparts. So can I wear that? Is that going to show off too much of my uh, body that is overly sexualized by white people? You know, black girls are always told that we have all the butt and that's something that white women seem to fetishize at least in my experience so then am i going to wear a skirt that's going to show too much but is it too clingy even though i'm in the same office for another person wearing the exact same skirt but because i got more body then it's going to look differently on me it's going to be perceived a different way how am i going to wear my hair you know we've all if you've spoken to any black woman then you'll know that we all have that thing where we have our interview hairstyle where it's either going to be a wig or a weave or you know plain black braids or a high puff to try and mask our blackness and you know show that we can assimilate whereas if you're anything like me once that first year has hit and passed then yeah you're gonna see me with braids onto my butt and you're gonna see me with blue dreadlocks and (laughs) all other things that are more than appropriate because it's just hair but would potentially be a blocker to us even getting into the door in an initial capacity so yeah respectability politics is another thing that black people have to deal with that white people are privileged enough that they don't have to worry about at all and that's another thing that isn't fair and currently in the media as well if you're looking and you're seeing all of the coverage about this then you'll see the definite dichotomy of feelings on this you know there's people who are really upset that their statues are being pulled down because of course if someone kidnapped your child and sold them then you're gonna want that statue of that person displayed proudly for everyone to see sure i understand not okay seems ridiculous to me and then you've got influencers and celebrities and non-people of color who are seemingly taking up the mantle for the cause especially for um for black people and especially for businesses and all of a sudden we're seeing you know blackout tuesday and all these companies are posting their commitment to black people and how they're going to show their support and things and all of that but it's for black people that's not enough and for us a lot of that at this point in time we don't want performative support okay we want actual action and progression so if your company is just dashing out a uh, black square if your company isn't even bothered enough to do that first of all that in itself is its own red flag high and loud and waving in the sky like if your company hasn't bothered to at least pretend to care about their black workers by putting up the black tile or saying something about it that for myself for me is worse but if your company at least has the sense or the compassion to at least start off with posting something about it then you know i can be jaded and say that it's because they understand that they need to be on the right side of history even if they don't care or i cannot be jaded and say that okay these companies are actually wanting to help turn the tide i don't know let's see how it plays out but the thing for black people is saying that you support us 
doesn't support us okay actually actively supporting us is what's going to support us and help change things looking at the layout of your company and seeing what the ma- the racial makeup of your business is tracking that having targets for that making sure that you meet those targets that is what's going to affect change looking at your boardrooms and seeing okay why are decisions about the business just being made by 12 white men middle-aged white men like how do we rectify that how do we mix things up how do we add more life experiences and uh people's people's lived experiences into the decisions that we're making you can't do that unless you have different experiences in those rooms so i am interested to see how much of the support that has been coming in the way of black lives matter with performative and how much is there for actual progression and especially the companies and the individuals who benefit from black people black culture the most you know the the nikes of the world the gucci the pradas you know the places that we frequent a lot we want to see what you're actually doing all talk and no action is beyond me at this point in time if you could have heard some of the conversations i have been having with my friends about this topic in the last few weeks you would be shocked at where my head is at this point in time like i am so completely over it i'm so drained like i just i don't come at me with anything that's performative basically save yourself save yourself the breath save yourself the hassle if all you're gonna do is give me more performance because i did not come to see a play i want to see action okay i want the microaggressions to stop i want everyone to stop feeling the need to code switch i want to end respectability politics and i just want to see how we can move forward and see that change starting to happen i don't want people like john boyega having to worry about being blackballed in hollywood because he's speaking out for his life basically as a black man and for black women like that's ridiculous that people should be afraid that if they speak up then they won't be able to make a livelihood anymore like that's ridiculous so at the end of the day this like i said at the start of this is a very heavy hefty deep topic that we can't just cover in one little half an hour session on the millennium introvert lifestyle okay and it's so much more on a personal level that has to be done in order to make sure that people are learning and unlearning okay what we need is to add britain's real history into our schools we need to be teaching kids from young the real history of britain and what britain did the real history of america what america did all these all these countries that pretend to stand on this ground of this higher ground that america especially australia is not (laughs) is not clean in all of this like if you look back at all the histories the parts that they try and hide and keep you know hidden away the dirty little secrets that's what we need to start bringing to the surface so that people can really understand just how come black people and people of color have been left in the position that they've been left in go back let's actually put the wind rush generation into our history books to be taught in schools let's put britain's actual involvement in the slave trade in history books in schools like why are we shying away from this without knowledge people can't really well i was gonna what i was gonna say is without the background knowledge then you can't really blame people for having opinions based on no real knowledge or understanding at all but you can because <laughs> racist racists are racist so i say that to say i'm not saying that anymore but you know you, you get what i'm saying like you have to give people 
the full picture so they can base their opinions on the full picture before you condemn them for choosing the wrong side so if you are a white person to this podcast i need you to accept that you're only going to fall into two categories okay you're either going to be racist or anti-racist there's no such thing as not racist anymore in 2020 you either quietly benefit and enjoy the trappings of systemic racism that give you privilege above black people and people of color or you're actively trying to unlearn your prejudice and educate yourself on how you can make a change and how you can support black people and people of color day in and day out those are the only two categories okay just because you're not running around in a white cone gown screaming the n-word about people as they pass doesn't mean that you're not racist okay racism is at this point benefiting from those systems that are holding black people and people of color back so have a think and decide which camp you are happy and proud to be a part of and take those uh song bites i've given you today that point out in this episode and go and start teaching yourself and educating yourself and learning more so this has been <laughs> a interesting heavy episode of the millennial introvert lifestyle but it had to be said i couldn't in good conscience as a black woman just skip over this part in history just because it's not cohesive with the brand i'm building and the content that i like to give you that would feel like a lie to me so hopefully you understand where i'm coming from and i've given you the tools that you need to get learning and start learning and get googling to teach yourself more and we can all grow from here so if you've enjoyed this episode or you feel like somebody's going to benefit from this episode then need you to like this episode share this episode retweet this episode big it up and leave a comment and let me know if i missed anything that would have been beneficial to keep in here and next time we'll be back to our regular schedule programming i'll be coming to you with business advice some lifestyle some jokes some stories that don't involve you know my <laughs> racist attacks when i was 11 and just back to what we know and love and subscribe to but in the meantime keep fighting keep speaking up keep advocating for yourselves keep advocating for your poc friends your bame friends and keep speaking out speaking to family and friends who may hold opinions on the wrong side of the fence at this point in time don't be afraid now is the time to be speaking up and speaking out so that's it for me and until next time it is the millennial introvert signing out <laughs>